0: Welcome to the Gibbters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Paul Stiff. He's a best-selling author, business storytelling coach, keynote speaker, and an amazing person that I'm excited to share with you today. Paul, welcome to our podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here.
0: So I'm going to be a bit biased because again, you're a business storytelling coach, and that's what one of the main keynotes that I do. So I love people that understand the power of stories, and in your case, you actually talk about this, Paul. So when did you realize how powerful storytelling was in the business context?
1: Yeah, you know, it was probably 12 or so years ago. I was right in the middle of my 20-year, you know, corporate career, and I guess it I just it just dawned on me that the leaders that I admired the most had this uncanny ability to tell compelling stories. And I guess that frustrated me because I, you know, I, I went to business school and they didn't teach me that there. And I joined uh, what's now Accenture and they didn't teach me that there. And I joined the Procter and Gamble company and they didn't teach me that there. And uh, so I felt like if, if there was an important business skill for me to have, I, I would have learned it by now, <laughs> but that one really eluded me. Uh, so th- that's the moment that I started kind of on my, my own little learning journey with storytelling was at, at, at that realization.
0: And are there leaders at PG that you can share that you really admired as a story, great storyteller?
1: Yeah, there are several. Uh, you know, the, the one whose name you might be most familiar with is John Pepper. So he was a former CEO and chairman of the board. He's been retired for a while now, but uh, he was a particularly charismatic storyteller not just charismatic speaker but in, in particular told compelling stories and so he was one of my inspirations for wanting to figure out how to how to do this thing called storytelling
0: and do you have any specific examples of stories that he shared because that's the power i mean he, he, literally uh, anyway yeah do you have any specific stories that 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 he said at one point that you really resonated with
1: yeah he, he told me a story one time over lunch when i was uh, interviewing him for my first book about Sam Walton and Charles Butt, the the founder of or the grandson of the founder of HEB, um, grocery retailer in Texas. He said one time, uh, when when Walmart became the bigger retailer in Texas, and HEB had been for decades, that CEO Charles Butt called Sam Walton and said, "Hey, uh, two things. First of all, congratulations, you're now beating us in Texas. (laughs) And second of all, we'd love to know how." I'd love to bring my leadership team to your headquarters on a learning mission. Now you can imagine Sam Walton could have just told the guy to pound sand, right? <laughs> yeah. You're my competitor. I'm not telling you nothing, but he didn't. He invited him to, to Arkansas and they they met him at a local store and <laughs> all these executives come walking in and Sam stops them in the middle of the aisle when they are walking up to see him. And he said, Hey, I'll be with you in just a minute. I'm talking to this young woman. And he, he was helping this young woman figure out which ironing board cover she wanted to buy and you know, talked to her about all the prices and the different qualities and patterns and whatnot. And anyway, she finally picked one and, <clears throat> and bought it. And he turns around to Charles Butt and says, Charles, do you know how many worn out ironing board covers there are in this country? We're gonna sell a million of them this month. <laughs> now, what can I tell you about retail? Now, now the, the, the point of the story is, I mean, just in watching the guy, they, they learned what they really came to learn. I mean, because he obviously put the customer first. I mean, he made all these executives wait. that he'd he'd invited to fly hundreds of miles to meet him at that store at that particular time. He made them wait while he, this billionaire took care of one customer, you know, and that just showed the dedication and commitment and that the customer comes first. And it showed a lot of other things that here, this, you know, multi-billionaire CEO of the company knows enough of the details about ironing board covers to adequately sell them to a customer. And so that, that just really illustrated the values of the man, Sam Walton and it really is what they really needed to come there to learn was not, you know, how do we price our products and put them on the shelf better, but it was the, the values that he, you know, embodied that they needed to learn. And that, that was a, a kind of a pivotal, pivotal moment for me in learning the value of a story.
0: Yeah. And I mean, based on science, stories are 22 times more memorable than the facts. And all of life, frankly, in civilizations goes through stories, whether in religion or politics or business and, or in our own homes, frankly. But that's a great story. And it, and it really reminds us all. Sam Walton is a billionaire and there's a reason why Walton, if, if the, the Walton family, they're all billionaires. And if they actually combine all their wealth, they would be the wealthiest family probably in the world. They probably are. But, but again, it goes back to those basic things of, of detail. Now, I don't know if our listeners know, and you probably know because you worked at P&G for a while, but uh, soap operas were created by P&G, I've, I've heard. Is that true?
1: Yeah, well, they were one of the earliest uh, you know, advertisers on what we now call soap operas they were daytime drama tvs and they got the name soap operas because the sponsors and advertisers were largely companies like P&G selling tide and cheer and gain and you know soaps laundry detergents so that's why they became known as soap operas in fact P&G still owns the procter and gamble production company which is a television production company that produces i think it's the guiding light i, yeah. I never was much of a soap opera <laughs> watcher but one of the big soaps they they not only advertised it, but they produced it. They produced the television show and advertised on it.
0: Yeah. And this is the thing. When, when you look at life, the listeners, just you know, like these, you know, our listeners are all business people and whatnot. And it's like, it's not a coincidence that wealthy people like uh, Jeff Bezos buys the Washington Post or the Patterson Chong in LA who's a billionaire entrepreneur, doctor bought the LA times or, Rupert Murdoch bought Fox or like NBC, um, uh, Disney buys NBC, I think. But what I'm saying is when you have the power of the media, whether in soap operas or actual shows or sponsorships, everything on TV is, is, is literally moved by advertising, which, are, which is money in, in politics and politics and, and business and marketing. So with our listeners, just, just know that the power of your story in marketing is so important. And literally the very word soap opera, when I read about that, it's, it's fascinating. So for you Paul, how do you go about sharing the the skill set of storytelling with your clients?
1: Yeah, so I have a lot of different formats. The the most popular one is is kind of an old-fashioned training class, right? So I mean and this is before the days of the COVID-19 crisis that we're in right now, but you know, I'd get uh, 20 or 30 executives in a room for a day and uh, you know, I'd go through teaching them a bit about why storytelling works and how do you, what's the right structure of a story and what stories do you need to tell and uh, how do you create the right emotional engagement and how do you create a surprise ending in the story. So all the nuts and bolts of it, but we spend most of our time with them actually applying those techniques. So they have to bring in a, a story that they're working on and, and every time I cover one of those, each of those modules that I just mentioned, then we take a break and they have to apply those you know, those techniques to their story to make it better. And then, of course, by the end of the day, they're ready to share their stories back with the rest of the, the group and get feedback on it. So it's very much a hands-on, you know, working day of, of not only learning the theory behind storytelling, but actually applying it to one of the stories you're working on. And I just, I find that works better. You know, even though like you, I mean, I do keynotes and, you know, I can talk to you for an hour about storytelling, but that's, that's a lot different than actually rolling your sleeves up and jumping into it for a day. I, th- I think people learn better that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, applying what you learn, yeah, for sure. And stories are just a great way to build rapport. And people often talk about sales. I, I have a keynote called Story-Based Sales, which is like, look, if you don't really know the present story or share stories well, then like, I'm build rapport. If you can't build rapport, you can't build trust. Can't build trust. Why should they trust you to even buy your product or service? So it seems simple, but I just find over and over again, as as we you were saying, Paul, that a lot of people don't realize how powerful it is. We They, they know that they're important, but they don't. I don't think they realize it's actual science. So, With one of your books, you wrote five books. One is called Parenting with a Story. Can you tell us more about that, please?
1: Yeah, uh, which I know that might sound a little off uh, strategy for a business storytelling coach. But when I was writing my first book, Lead with a Story, obviously storytelling for leadership purposes, and I started sharing some of the stories with other people just to get feedback on them before the book was published, I consistently got this feedback. People would say, wow, you know, that's a great story, and I, I can see how I could use that at work but I think I could use that at home with my kids as well. And like, I can't tell you how many people told me that. And so it, it dawned on me that leading people at work and parenting kids at home, there, there's a lot of similarities, right? In both <laughs> cases, you're kind of the boss and both cases you care about their growth and development. You're responsible for their success and all that kind of stuff, you know? So it, it, it just dawned on me, I should write a whole book just for parents to help teach their kids the, the life lessons and worldly wisdom that we want to teach our kids. And so it ended up, and I ended up interviewing another hundred people around the world to get a hundred interesting life lessons instead of a hundred, you know, interesting leadership stories. Um, and, and so the, the book is broken up into chapters based on the, the character trait that you'd want to build, whether that's honesty and integrity or hard work or resourcefulness or, you know, fairness or kindness or whatever, but basically the character traits that I think we all want our kids to have. There's a handful of stories for each of them to help you teach that to your kids.
0: That's great, Paul, When you look at Paul's profile on LinkedIn, you'll see that there's a very, very clear alignment with his brand and his story and his expertise. Because people always ask me, you know, how do you become a speaker? I'm like, well, look at Paul in terms of how he goes about presenting himself. Cause literally it's like five books, 10 stories, leave with the story, parent of the story, sell with the story, four days with get out. But it's very consistent with, in terms of what your Mm -hmm. main expertise is. I want our listeners to know that if you want people to perceive you as an expert, you have to have an actual feel that you are clear in terms of your mm-hmm. alignment. So, Paul, thanks so much for being so inspiring with your story and the st- stories you share with PNG. How can our guests stay in touch with you and, and buy your books?
1: Yeah, thanks. Probably the easiest way is just on my website, which is leadwithastory.com. There's links to it, all my books and the training courses and my contact information, all that's on there.
0: Great. Paul, thanks again for your time. Have a great day.
1: Yeah, thank you too.
0: Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.